Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, strategy consultant and your guide to making confident decisions. This podcast allows you to accelerate your personal and professional development while growing a profitable online business. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. I am so excited to welcome Luis to the show today. He's a sales enablement strategist and consultant, and I'm so excited for you to hear a lot about his story. But before we dive into what he does and what got him started, my favorite question, I started out and built my brand as being a multi-passionate. I think it's really important for us to bring all of who we are to the surface. And so I'd love to hear What is that thing that you do or really care about that's not technically a part of the sales world? For me, learning, education, and expanding yourself is one of the most beautiful experiences and gifts that you can ever have or receive. And so um, outside of like the business world, I'm always looking at ways to invest in literacy and educational attainment, whether it's like helping to sponsor a school library or helping to, you know, pay for someone's college textbooks. Um, those are the things that like those moments feel like all the hard work and everything that I've done is absolutely worth it. I love that. One, it's super important to be giving back, but honestly, with that education, it opens doors for so many other avenues in life and in success. So I love that you're taking your resources and helping others, but also committing it to something that you really believe in. Awesome. Well, okay. So people are like, he's great. He's really committed to literacy and learning, but what, what do you do? So tell us a little bit about your background and what got you started into the world of focusing on sales enablement. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, my name is Luis, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I have been working in sales for almost two decades. Um, I got my start in advertising sales and then jumped into the tech world in Silicon Valley, Um, have been recruited to work at companies like LinkedIn and Google and Uber and Tesla. I've I've done my circuit. Um, And I, in my career, had the opportunity to um, work with colleagues who were in an enablement function. They were people who designed training and coaching and learning experiences for sales reps. And I saw it as a really unique intersection of that performance and that number sort of driven pace that I was used to. But then there was this component of teaching and learning, right? And helping to impact culture as well. And so I, while selling full-time, started side hustling and helping other online businesses and other online business owners in um, developing their own playbooks, right? Hiring their own salespeople, getting their processes nailed down, all the sales collateral and everything designed and built. Um, And I love, love, love doing that work and working with socially conscious and impact-driven and purpose-driven businesses. So I got very selective about who I would collaborate with. Um, And then in my full-time world, in my career, I pivoted from being that individual contributor salesperson to now being someone who is a revenue enabler. So I now design training and coaching and learning experiences for other sales reps at um, software companies and and in a corporate setting. I think that's the one thing that I really want to highlight. So one, you know, always great to hear someone's story, but for you to say, I connect my corporate world to my entrepreneurial space. And I feel like so many times people have this thought that like, I did it in my nine to five, therefore I must do something completely 
opposite if I'm starting a business. It's like, no, you have skills, you have knowledge, you have experience and expertise in something, just go make more money, <laughs> um, you know, doing it. And so I love that you've connected these two things, but even going back to you, that passion that you really care about, you're saying that you care about literacy and learning. And so what better way to make someone better at their own career than helping them in their learning. And so really you're taking your passions and interests just as much as your corporate experience to really package it all together nicely. And I think that's one, the beauty of entrepreneurship that we get to do those kind of things, but also you saying like, oh, but this is what I like. So like, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I always said that if uh, money were no object, and it is, I'm, I'm not in sales by coincidence. <laughs> I grew up in poverty. And so yes, money is a, is a concern and it is something that is top of mind. Um, but you know, if, if I could make, you know, a corporate living doing anything, I'd be an educator, I'd be a teacher, a 1000%. Yeah, well, you figured out how to still be teaching in the corporate world. So um, it's it's as close as you're going to get for, for sure. And, you know, I think, again, you're taking that passion and figuring out how you make, make it work for you. And I agree, I'm the daughter of two teachers. So I saw what they were making. Um, and, you know, eventually, maybe one day America will figure it out, but it's not right now. So you chose your career to make some money. I don't know that we're here to solve that one on this podcast, but no, not today. Just I'm just acknowledging that I understand. Um, I also chose corporate and not education, so I get it. Um, so you know, obviously, you talked about kind of what got you started on this journey, and for anyone who didn't pick that up, sales enablement is the training part of sales, and so. I also love that you said I started this as a side hustle, brought it back to corporate, kind of tying these things all together. And something that I was really excited to in learning about you is this story of entrepreneurship. I think a lot of times we think of the CEO, that's obviously how social media presents the world of entrepreneurship to us as being the boss, um, but really creating this these other opportunities. I'm obsessed with entrepreneurship. One, I'm, I'm doing it as well as have done it um, in various avenues. But I think a lot of people, one, don't know what it is or how to even figure out this avenue for themselves. So let me just kind of give us a foundation before we talk further. Yeah. So when I think of uh, the definition of entrepreneurship, right, or what it means, it means to embody the spirit of building something, holding yourself accountable, and also committing to your optimal performance, right, and thinking about the ways that you manage your health, the ways that you invest in your learning and development and education, the way that you pursue relationships and a board of advisors and mentors and coaches, right? It's this all-encompassing sort of mindset around stepping away from just being an employee, just being someone that clocks in and out, and instead steps into the business as someone that, that shares in the business, someone who owns a piece of this business and is building it from the ground up. That means that you're showing up like a CEO, even though you don't have that CEO title. And I think that I came to appreciate my capacity or realize my capacity as an entrepreneur when I stepped out to side hustle and start my journey as an entrepreneur. Because then I would look at my job and go, hold on a second. Y'all are covering the legal and the marketing 
and you're finding leads and you're hiring and you're doing all these things that are really complicated for me to do on my own. Yes, I now understand this opportunity as a salesperson to be in this position of having something to offer, having things taken care of for me and me just really focusing on the customer, on that experience end to end from the moment we say hello i don't know who the heck you are to yes i need that sign here right that is where i got really dialed in because in in my full time other things were taken care of but then that also in my online business and in my side hustle completely expanded my thinking right because then i started to borrow some of that secret sauce from that you know silicon valley tech sort of world and going okay how do we then look at managing an online business in this way, right? How do we embody that sort of startup energy and spirit in my solopreneurship journey? And that's when I started to change the ways that I did things. And that put me in a position to start teaching other business owners how to also revamp their sales processes and their customer journeys as well in the online business world. I I just want to reiterate something that you just said. And you said, I'm I'm looking at what's happening in the startup world in Silicon Valley and the tech, you know, the tech industry and saying, how can I bring that into what I do as an entrepreneur? And so I obviously see all the through lines, but I know there's people who want to see them as really opposite. So we're going to go there for a second. Tech is not sales, right? Software development by definition is nothing to do with sales. And so you're saying, hey, I'm looking at what is something that's happening over there in another space gleaning these lessons that I can apply into what I'm doing. Um, we talked about taking corporate skills and bringing them to entrepreneurship. A lot of us do that and should yeah. do that. Absolutely. Yeah. But also to say, what is this industry doing well that I can apply? And so it's like, you might be a solopreneur, but there's so many things that you can learn from these giant tech corporations from all over. And so just for everyone that's listening, like find those two or three things, like, yes, maybe you hate the idea of punching the clock, but what lessons can you learn and apply and bring into to give you a firm foundation as you grow your own business? So one, again, just love that you're, you're bringing these things and tying them all together, but I'd love for you to really unpack like what are some of those tangible lessons and kind of rules for success as you know anyone who's exploring entrepreneurship or wondering like, could this be the next right step for me? What's some yeah. rules for success they can apply? Yeah. So when we're thinking about growing and managing an online business, you're starting as a solopreneur, you hit, you hit a certain revenue milestone when you go, okay, I, there's, there's opportunity that I alone can't pursue. I need to start bringing people on board, whether it's, you know, operations side of the house, marketing side of the house, et cetera. But you reach a point where you need to step outside of being the only salesperson in your in your company, in your business, and you need to enlist the support of someone else to sell with you or sell for you, right? So when you get to that point where it's like, okay, I need someone helping me on live launches or helping me on webinars or stepping into my online programs and helping me to close some of these, you know, leads that are coming in, et cetera, um, that's, that's your cue to also start thinking about the ways that you enable that person, right? Making sure like, okay, do they have the things that they need to have successful conversations with customers? Meaning all the collateral, all the training, that skill, that practice and role play, all those opportunities to fine tune the way that they show up for the customer. But then also thinking about how do we make that scalable, 
right? Understanding that people aren't with you forever, or maybe you need to add two or three more heads on the sales side of your house, right? That is where you want to pause and think for a moment, what's the type of culture that I'm trying to embody, right? Do I want to hire people that are order takers that will depend on me to give them all their goals? And, and, and you know, for the, are they going to be sitting around and waiting for me to get things done? Or do I want to hire people that I train and coach up and empower and enable to run this business like it's their own? right? Everything from the culture to the incentive package, all those things have to be designed so that someone shows up with a sense of responsibility and ownership in the business, right? And they also have to be given that permission to show up in that way. Because what I've just described to you is not a typical work environment or work setting. People are used to like clocking in, taking orders, clocking out. But when you're trying to embody entrepreneurship, you have to take that extra step of coaching people and trusting people to do their jobs and supporting them if and when mistakes are made, not just entirely dismissing them. Uh, because it does take time and investment to brew that entrepreneurial culture. Yeah, I think it's it makes sense, right? The first thing that people think when they're thinking of growing their team or hiring is like, this person is costing me money. And if you really take a step back and you think about what are my company values, what type of leader am, am I going to be? Not just, you know, how am I showing up today, but how do I want to show up tomorrow and 25 years from now? Just yeah. as, and, and thinking about that vision, you also want to bring in contractors, full-time employees, however you're looking at bringing them in, people that are aligned to that vision, people are aligned to those values, but the foundation in all of that is setting them up for success, right? So it's one thing to say, okay, this is how I am. This is where I want to go. But then also as I bring someone in, have I set them up for success? And so when people think about like, oh, I had to fire or I'm rehiring for this role a thousand times, it probably has nothing to do with the person that you hired. And a lot with, did you set them up for success? Were you clear in those expectations? You know, did you want them to work a thousand hours a week? Did you tell them that upfront? There are people who are willing to do it, but like, did you tell them that upfront or did you tell them it's flexible and then get mad when they only wanted to give you 20 hours and so having that you know self-awareness to recognize am I setting this person up for success have I laid out all of the things and then next step recognizing that yes bringing someone into your team might take sales off of your plate might take operations off of your plate but that time that you're saving is now going back into investing into that individual. If you can't tell my background's HR folks. Um, so, you know, but I think it's really important to connect those two pieces um, and what's the culture that as you grow your business, what is the culture that you're setting it up? And I'm going to flip the, the, the question on the other side of it. For people that are saying, maybe I don't want to be the CEO and I want to be an entrepreneur myself. What should they be looking for as they're exploring, you know, new avenues for themselves? Wow. You know, I think that's an interesting question because I feel like we live in a time where there's this like real uh, emphasis or overemphasis on entrepreneurship, right? And so, you know, there's this um, new social cachet, if you will, to having that title, to having an online business, the brand sponsorships, the, you know, link popping on your, you know, profile with those, you know, constant sales flowing in, right? There's, there's that that image of like, when you've succeeded, you know, you have that engine kind of going, but 
I think that there's a massive opportunity in securing the bag and up-leveling the bag and not dismissing the years of work that you've put into building a career. So when I think about like, how do I guide someone through their development as an entrepreneur, there are layers to that. One is mindset first and foremost, right? You've got to let go of your title. You've got to let go of being the good person, the good girl, the good boy, whomever, right? that does that job, that meets that job requirement to the T, you have to embrace being an entrepreneur, which means being slightly disobedient, right? Being thoughtful and methodical in the ways that you move through a business and through business decision-making, right? The ways that you communicate with people, the ways that you use data to make informed decisions and business cases, right? A lot of that is a great sort of playground before you dip into entrepreneurship as well. And so I would focus on, again, the self, thinking about the ways that you master your time, manage that so that you then have the space to invest in things like working out, your nutrition, your appointments with your practitioners and all those things. Because here's the thing, you are not going to perform as an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur if you as a person are just not good and well, right? There are ebbs and flows to life. There are good days and bad days. But like, if you are in poor mental and physical health, there's no way you're going to perform. And that has to be a priority, right? There's, there's, I don't skip that part in the conversation. I start there. Then we lean into, okay, when you're good, how do you show up, right? Managing the times, keeping meetings to a minimum, holding meetings only if necessary, right? Because something can always be an email. Something can always be three bullet points, right? So be that critical thinker and that collaborator that brings people in together when necessary and how necessary, right? Even thinking about your capacity for project management, you could, as you know, an entrepreneur, be taking online courses and certifications that help you be a better collaborator, manage more details, take on bigger projects, handle, handle bigger investments, right? So there are always ways that you can leverage the opportunity that you have in your job and in your career as an entrepreneur to develop yourself and then build that confidence in your entrepreneurial endeavors as well. So I think when I asked you this question, I don't know, in my mind for a second, I was like, they're going to be so opposite. And it's like at the core of no matter how you want to show up and make money at the mm -hmm. core, you need to get yourself together physically, <laughs> mentally, spiritually, all the things, get yeah. yourself together to show up as the best version of yourself. And then get paid, like go get paid. I think that idea of entrepreneurship that I love most and one of the reasons that I chose that as an avenue in certain seasons of life is because there are people who love marketing and there are people who hate marketing. There are people who love sales and there are people who are like, I only want to work on the delivery. There's people who love operations or whatever. And so you get to, as an entrepreneur, play to your one strength kind of ignore the other buckets for a period of time. Obviously it all connects, it all overlaps, but I think that's one of the really interesting opportunities of really getting to focus on the part you love most and then just think about the dotted lines versus as an entrepreneur, making sure you are on top of all seven buckets, whether you have a team or not, really owning that um, piece of it. And so, but at the end of the day, whether you are picking one thing or all the things, self-awareness, self that mindset piece. Um, and I, so I love that that was your answer. Um, truthfully, I don't know why I was hoping it would be different, but um, <laughs> I think it's really important for 
everyone that's listening, and frankly, even if you are just starting your business, right, day one of your business, or you're on year 10 of whatever your adventures might be in life, I think recognizing that that self-trust, intuition, guidance, mindset, confidence, all of those pieces are going to be the foundation of your success. So I'm actually glad that that was the answer, um, but I, I think I'm pleasantly surprised as well. Yeah, I think I, um, look, I, I'm not your, I'm not conventional in any way, right? So when you think of like, what is a successful like sales professional, business professional, right? Like maybe an aggressive or sharky sort of energy or image might come up. I am polar opposite. I am and a complete- <laughs> Yeah. No, no, listen, I'm going to sit down and have a conversation with you. And if there's an opportunity for us to deepen that conversation, then I'll lean into the opportunity. But I don't assume that every person I connect with is a fit to work with me for whatever it is that I might be offering. Right. I've, I've stepped away from that. And I think that one of the ways that I've had success in my career is by being the polar opposite of what people expect of me when I step into a room. Right. By not being the sharky, pushy salesperson, but instead being that consultative, consultative, collaborative sort of person in the room, bringing that kind of energy and that foresight. And so, you know, and, and if there's any question about like whether my woo woo or loosey goosey approach to sales and selling works, look, as an individual contributor, as a solo salesperson in my career, I've impacted over 600 million in revenue. So, you know, there's, there's a way, there are different ways to crack eggs and I found mine and, and my eggs are nice and fluffy and that's cool. I like fluffy eggs. So it's a great, great way to put it. Um, but I think that that's a, a huge piece, right? At the end of the day, every business, the whole point of it is hoping to generate revenue. Like that's kind of the whole point or just be a hobby. But yours, and I love that you're saying you don't need to be sharky. It's about building relationship. It's about the connections. Let's collaborate together. But another thing that you said was, let's see if we're a fit. I yeah. There are 8 billion people on the planet. And even if you're at like the easiest level of niching, you're like, I help women entrepreneurs. You've cut that number in half, right? You can, so look at whether it's demographics, psychographics, however you're figuring out who your target audience is going to be, recognizing that like, hey, I'm here to help 100 or 10, depending on what you do, people in a particular time period and not that you need to serve the masses. So who do I connect with? who's going to resonate with what it is I have to offer. And then the rest, like, go enjoy. Good luck. Wishing you well, but recognizing who's your people, who are you meant to serve, and then letting the rest of it go. And so I'm glad that you brought that brought that up. I think it's a reminder that we all need every day because you're like, I want all 8 billion. You're like, well, Coke and Pepsi don't have all 8 billion. So Wow. Excellent perspective. That's right. <laughs> Look, I think it's also about how you design um, your business, right? I, you, know, you can be, you know, the dollar store of what you do, meaning it's cheap, it's on the shelf at all times, everyone gets at it, and you're just producing, you know, mass volume, mass volume, that's your game. Um, or, you know, you could be the bespoke boutique on the corner, right, that only makes like handcrafted select pieces for very, you know, particular clientele. And you make a killing by selling really thoughtful things, you know, and in and, and quality, high quality ways. So I invite people to think about like, what are you building? 
right? And, and what is your intention? And then how do you design the customer experience around that? Because the person who's walking into that bespoke boutique has a much higher uh, expectation around the a level of attention to detail that you're going to provide for them in their experience versus that Dollar Tree experience, right? So um, I think that's also really, really important is to think about what game are you playing and then reverse engineering, like who do you need to be to be playing that game successfully? How do you spend the first hour of your day? Who do you surround yourself with? And where do you start to hedge your bets? What are the things that you invest in as someone who runs this kind of business, not that one? Yeah. And whether you're choosing the dollar store adventure or the boutique, recognizing that both can be profitable. But again, which one do you want to be? How do you want your identity to be perceived you know, yeah. by others? And what's going to help you rest well with your head on the pillow at night. And so finding your place, owning that, embracing whatever that story looks like for yourself, and then saying, how do I show up as the best version for where I want to be tomorrow? I love that. Thank you. We went through a lot, but I'll go, I'll just, let's do one more. What is another rule for success that you really want people to have when they're exploring entrepreneurship? Hmm. I know that this is probably the scariest thing for people to think about. I, I am someone who admittedly, you know, I, I did calculus up through high school. And then after that, I kind of tapped out and I went into the social sciences and, you know, I went in a whole different path. So numbers and math are not my core strength, but I've had to, in my career, develop an aptitude for leveraging data, interpreting data, manipulating data, presenting it, right? And so um, I think that whether you are approaching it from the standpoint of learning how to make a business case for yourself, or you're approaching it from the standpoint of like learning how to be your own advocate when it's time for a promotion, right? But getting into that place or that mindset and that capacity and fluency for numbers and measuring and quantifying impact and outcomes and deliverables and all of that, I think that is one of the most important skills that you can develop as an entrepreneur, as someone who is in it for the longer term and someone who's gonna be prepared to grow you know, whether it's within a company or within your own business, right? I think that having that capacity for business analysis, data analysis is something that you just cannot get around. Um, and there are ways of making it, you know, digestible for you, whether math is your thing or not. There are online courses on, you know, LinkedIn learning and all these places where you can go at your own pace. But I, it's something that I would encourage you not to ignore. When I think about who is really like in their careers killing the game, who's on top of their game, exuding and exhibiting confidence and swagger. Those are people who, you know, talk the talk, but also crunch the numbers. I love that. <laughs> talk the talk, but also crunch the numbers. That's, uh, yeah. that right there is cult worthy. Um, but I think it's so true. And I think, so I am a numbers person. I will honor that um, as I make this comment, but I think it's really important to look at the data and not be scared of it. I think, you know, you don't need to be looking at your data every five minutes, but at the end of a week, at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter to going through it. But for people who are like, oh, I'm a words person, data tells a story. It gives you the through line of where you're going or what can be next. And so if you're scared of looking at the number, 
look at the ups and the downs, you know, the flowcharts and all the little visualizations that come out of data and tell that story. And if you don't like where that story is today, how are you going to rewrite it so that it's a better story next month or next quarter? And so I, I love that you're saying like, you know what, where regardless of how you feel about it, and none of us are using calculus in real life anyways, um, unless you're actually like working in insurance risk or something. Um, but so it's like, but what is that story that I can look at? What are the shifts that I need to make to make sure that the end of this, you know, that milestone that I'm looking to achieve is going to get me there based on what the data is looking like. But I think that's a, a really important thing to help people remember, like what's the data and, and look at those numbers and be very aware of it so that yeah. you can build your roadmap successfully. It is. And listen, if nothing else, you know, if we just lean into social psychology, right, it's a flex when you can come in and spit numbers and no one else has confidence in them. No one's going to question you. Right? <laughs> no, one, no one's going to challenge you. So there is literally strength in your numbers. <laughs> that is true, right? You, it's, I mean, if you think about watching Shark Tank, right, like it doesn't even matter if people have like zero sales, they're just like, we're a blah, 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 blah margins. And people are like, oh, that's great. And you're like, I heard that, but you said it with such confidence and it sounds great. Um, so exactly that, how you tell the story, how you package it all, but you know what, we all need a flex. So learn your numbers and then we'll flex with that. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> We've had such a great conversation. I think there's so many nuggets that you have really dropped in, but what is that one thing? Like when people come across you on social media, they work with you, hear you as a speaker, consultant, et cetera. What is the legacy that people should remember Luis by? Wow. Thank you for this question. Um, I've never been asked this, but it, for me, I want everyone to understand that I have sat down with Fortune 500 C-level executives with you know multi-billion dollar startup founders, investors. I, I've hung out with people at the top they don't have it figured out. They don't. They're they're terrified of making mistakes and, you know, as much money as they might have, it can all disappear in a blink, right? So they live with all the, the imposter syndrome and all the insecurities and everything, just like the rest of us who are trying to come up in our careers and might feel like we're not enough or don't do enough or know enough or have the right network or whatever, right? The common denominator, no matter where, is just you showing up as your whole self, I think is possibly the, the, the one thing that, you know, when I think about my legacy, it's I've always been that person to be myself, to speak up, to say what needs to be said. I focus on what's right, not who's right. I don't care about your ego in the boardroom. I care about the customer, right? Are we doing right by the customer? I don't care that you want to pout about the fact that we're not running with your idea because it's the wrong idea. That energy showing up with that kind of intention and wholeness, that's what I want my, my legacy to be about. Or my one thing is I want to be that person who showed up with total integrity, saying what I meant, doing what I meant, showing up the way that I wanted to wholly. And so, um, that would be the one thing that I want to leave behind throughout all of the work that I do in any capacity, you know, speaking, writing, teaching, um, is just to give people that permission, that inspiration, and that uh, self-empowerment to just 
show up as yourself because there are different flavors of leadership. Um, there are different perspectives that you can bring. Um, and no one at the top has it figured out, right? It's all about your capacity to pull other people in. No one's a know-it-all. That was deep. I'm just gonna let people process that. So vital because I think, you know, as humans, we're always comparing ourselves to the next person, regardless yeah. of what's in your bank account or what's not there. You're naturally saying, well, they did this, but they said that. How does this look, you know, for me? And so to say, you know, you're sitting in boardrooms with these same people that are having these exact same fears. So here's this leveling thing of we're all humans trying to figure it out together. But that core lesson of it is just be really intentional with the decisions that you're making to take in that data, take in that knowledge, build those relationships, and then just like be really intentional about your decisions. That That is the core of leadership, right, is decision making. And so, I mean, such a great conversation for entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs to really say what's next for me and making the decisions that work best for my life, for my business, just by really being intentional about every step that they're taking. Yeah, absolutely. So great. I've loved all of this. Um, wow. I, I like, I need to go unpack this after, <laughs> after this. Uh, but such, such a great, such a great recording. So happy to have you on the show. If people are also kind of feeling the way that I am right now, like I need more of Luis. How do, how do they learn more? How do they connect with you? How can they work with you? Yeah, I think, you know, if, if you feel inspired and you want to continue learning with me, um, in that same vein of showing up as yourself and doing things your way in your business and in your career, um, I teach people to leverage video as part of their sales process, like getting away from the templated emails and infusing the process with more of a human-centered experience, more personality, more approachability. Um, and so if this is something that sounds interesting or appealing to you and you might want to learn from me how it is that I do this, I invite you to go to luisbaez.com forward slash video ask. It's a tool that I love using. I'm going to hook you up with a quick five minute setup guide so you can get up and running. I'm also going to hook you up with your first video sales scripts so you can customize and get going, get testing uh, and see for yourself how it is that customers respond to the way that you show up in your business. Awesome. I will definitely drop that link in the show notes. I mean, we've all heard hopefully by now, like video is what helps us to sell. Um, and wow. so for you to say, you know, here's this foundation of the first thing that when someone clicks on your regular website pages, here's video um, and the value of that. And so even if you're scared, just show up anyways, show up in all your awkwardness. Cause I can tell you that that's what this theater geek over here is doing is showing up in all of her awkwardness, but that's where that success really comes buys because I relate to a bunch of other awkward people who are like, help me be more successful. And so I, I love that you're saying like, let's, let's show that let's bring, show up as you are, who you are in all of your authenticity. It was so great to have you on the show today. So thank you so much for joining. I think me, this was amazing. This was just one of the most fluid conversations I've had in a long time. So thank you for creating the space for us. Are you ready to be a dreamer and a doer? An individual strategy session may be your next step. Click the link in the show notes and together we will build your 90-day strategic roadmap to grow a profitable business based on your natural strengths. 
Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this episode, please share on your favorite social media platform. And until next time, dream loudly.